Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. morning um, I, uh, I just felt the, the title life in the spirit the first thing I wanted to say was that this is a secret life it's a life between us and, and God um, it's a life between the Holy Spirit who's a real person and I know we've been speaking about that recently about how he's a real person and how we walk in a relationship with him and, uh, and we, in fact, we walk in a relationship with the Spirit and with the Son and with the Father. So we're brought into the family of God. And so this uh, life in the Spirit is, um, is a secret life. But it's not only a secret, but it is the secret to life. And I felt I wanted to say that straight off, that this is the answer to living. Living in the Spirit is life to the full. That's what Jesus said. It was the abundant life, the life to the full. It's a life that is um, full of purpose. It's a life that, uh, that fulfills us. And so it's a, it's a secret life and it's also the secret to life. And I suppose I, I need to say this right from the beginning, that the only one who really can show us what life like this really means or what it looks like is Jesus. Jesus shows us uh, what life in the spirit looks like. He was the only one who ever lived completely from the womb. He was born of the Spirit, as you remember, how the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. uh, And in the womb, he was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And right throughout his life, he shows us what life in the Spirit looks like. Remember at his baptism, how the Spirit came and rested on him like a dove. But it remained on him right through his life, even as he walked to the cross uh, he, he shows us what life in the spirit is like. And to me, it's, it's fascinating that the Bible tells us that he was the happiest man who ever lived, that he was anointed. We're told twice, once in, in Psalm 45 and uh, again in Hebrews chapter 1, we're told that he was anointed with the oil of joy. And it says that he was anointed with the oil of joy above anyone else who ever lived. So life in the spirit is fullness of joy, it is the happiest life that we can live. That's what the way that God wants us to live. And so Jesus also shows us the fullness of the Spirit. He shows us the, the, the gift, the, the fruit of the Spirit, because he walked in love and joy and peace. He walked in patience. He, he walked in, in, in kindness, in goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control. He shows us the fruits of the Spirit, and he also shows us the gifts of the Spirit. Remember, he gave words of knowledge. He did miracles. He, he spoke healing. He operated in the fullness of the Spirit, both in the gifts and, and in, the, in the fruit of the Spirit. So that's where I wanted to start off with this, um, this secret life and how Jesus has shown us how to live this life. He's the only person who has really lived every single moment of his life in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's because he had no sin gene. He wasn't born. There was no sin in him. He modeled life in the spirit, whereas we inherited the life 
he, we inherited the sin disease that's rooted in self-centeredness and the outworking of our flesh. The more that we try to live in the spirit, we just can't do it because we've got this old nature. Our nature, we were born in the, with this nature and we're rooted in flesh. We're rooted in, in, in self-centeredness. We've got this disease inside us. And in fact, trying to do it in our own flesh will never work. Isaiah 64, I've just written it up there, verse 6, says that all our righteousness in the flesh are just like filthy rags. So the only way we can live this life is in another way. And so we see that Jesus said that, that our flesh, here's what he said to Nicodemus, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, Jesus said, you must be born again. And so that's why we, we from the pulpit here, we're always, we're always preaching this, that, that we need to be born again. That's the beginning of this amazing life that Jesus offers us. It's amazing that at the very moment that we trust Jesus, the Bible tells us that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Let me just read this verse to you. Um, this is from Ephesians chapter one. It says, when you heard the message, the gospel of your salvation, here's, here's what it says. When you believed, when you were born again, that moment where you were born again, you were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are Christ's possession to the praise of his glory. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that from the very moment that we trust Jesus, from that moment that we ask him to come into our lives, that moment we decide we want to follow him and we open ourselves up to him and we receive his life, we receive new life, we're born again. From that very moment, the Bible tells us that we are sealed. There's a seal put on us. Now, we don't know what that seal looks like. I can't see it with the naked eye, and neither can you. But God sees it. And I believe even the underworld can see that we have this mark upon us, that we belong to him. Salvation is always a mystery to me. That moment of trusting Christ, there's something that happens that is just, it's a miracle. It's a mystery. But we are sealed at that very moment where we, where we give our lives to him. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He, he, is, he seals us with himself, but he comes to live in us. I mean, isn't that amazing? I know that Phil, over the past few weeks, has been talking about how uh, in us that the Holy Spirit converges. I mean, can you imagine this? That, that God comes to live in us that we are the place of converge, on convergence, I can mere say that word. And so this is the promise that we have, that we are sealed and he has promised he will be with us, that he will take us the whole way through. It says, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We are guaranteed at that moment that he, he seals us with his spirit. You see, God has always wanted to share his life with us. Right from the Garden of Eden, remember how he, he put the man and the woman in Eden because he wanted to share life with humanity. We were made to share life with God, with the Godhead. And, and so he's, he's the one who wants to live in us. 
And this was always his plan and his purpose. And remember, Jesus said when he would go, that the Spirit would come and he would be our helper. He would be the one who would draw alongside us. He would be the one who would come to live in us. The one who would be our comforter and our counselor. You, you know all of those verses. How, how, how the promised Holy Spirit comes to strengthen us as well and to give us wisdom and to, to show us, even give us a revelation of who God is and who Jesus is and to give us even a, an understanding as to what the Father and the Son are talking about. You can read about these this in, in, in John's Gospel, chapter 14 and 16. It'd be great if you could read that when you go home, how Jesus promised what the Spirit would do that he would come to live in us, that he would come to indwell us, that he would come to give us life, and that he would even empower us to witness and to live this life. And so we see that the Spirit has always wanted, God has always wanted to live in us. The Holy Spirit has always wanted to speak to us, always wanted to illuminate his word and speak to us and empower us and give us the fruits, the love and the joy and the peace and all those beautiful fruits and give us even the gifts of the Spirit. This is what God wants to do in our lives. It's a wonderful relationship. And you know, this whole idea of being sealed, I love this because in the Song of Solomon, it talks about, um, about this as well. You know, the Song of Solomon's about the, the love between the bride and the bridegroom. Let me just read this verse to you. It says, place me like a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm, for love is strong as death, its passion as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the rivers drown it. This is the love that we have been sealed with. This is the love that is in us at the moment that we receive Jesus to be our Savior and our Lord. And so we see that, that God has shown his love. You know, I was thinking over the last few days how God has made himself so vulnerable to right from the beginning to, to declare his love to us, his passion for us, his love for us. Love makes us vulnerable. And, and when I was thinking about this, I just felt how, you know, whenever we were younger, or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not even... Uh, Maybe kids don't do this now, but do you remember, some of us remember how people used to carve our names, you know, so-and-so, LJ loves PT, you know, you know that kind of thing. And we used to carve it on trees and stuff. Maybe people don't do that nowadays, I don't know. But I just thought how God has declared his love to us and he has given us a tremendous love. It's like he has carved his love upon us. It's like he wants to declare to the world, I love you. He's a God who's made himself vulnerable. And he says, I love you. And isn't it interesting, we think of carving on trees like this, but he showed his love when he died on a tree. And so he loves us and he wants us to know that love. But you know, when I think of being sealed by the Holy Spirit, I want to go right back to that moment of circumcision because isn't it interesting that it's a seal or if you like a mark and we kind of get a picture of this in the Old Testament about circumcision because circumcision was, was, was what God, it was the covenant that God gave to the Jews, to, the, to Israel and it was a mark that they belonged to him. It was a mark or a sign of his love and his covenant of love. It was a mark, that he, a physical mark that he asked his people and for the very first people who had this mark, the very first person was Abraham. 
And it's interesting that in, in Genesis chapter 17, it's interesting that at that, at that moment when he's asking Abraham to, uh, to take this, this, this sign of circumcision and that his flesh, it's, it's actually a picture of cutting off our old flesh life and living in the spirit. I mean, the Old Testament is full of this. And in the same chapter as God gives this, uh, this sign or, or seal or mark, if you like, of circumcision to Abraham, in the same place he's saying to Abraham, I want to change your name. Let me read this from, from the overhead. In Genesis 17, God gave the covenant of circumcision, the physical sign, the, the, the mark of cutting off the flesh. At the same time, he changed both Abram and Sarah's names by inserting the letters A-H from his own name, Yahweh. Abram, A-B-R-A-M, became Abraham. Do you see where I put the A-H into the Abraham? He took the two letters out of his own name, Yahweh. And when I think of Yahweh, I think of the A-H sounds like a breath, doesn't it? The, <sighs> he put the spirit picture of putting the spirit even way back in Genesis 17 and he's saying I want I want you to be circumcised I want you to carry this mark that you belong to me but I want to change your name I want to put something of myself I want to share myself with you so he puts the A-H into Abram and he, he changes it to Abraham and he changes Sarah from S-A-R-A-I and he puts it the A-H in her name and he calls her Sarah and so even way back then, he's declaring that he wants to share part of his own name and his own nature and his being, of how he has always wanted to share his life with ours through the work of the cross. And that nowadays we can say, now that Jesus has come to the cross and fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies and all that they that they've foreshadowed, now we can say that we are marked by his spirit, that we carry this mark in our body. That we, that we have the sign of his love upon us. And God sees us, sees it. And this is the place where he meets with us. This is the place where he wants to dwell with us. This is the place where he wants us to be vulnerable with him as well and to allow him to have his way. But here's the thing. We all know that even when we receive Jesus as our savior, we all know that there's a struggle, don't we? There's a struggle because we've still got an old nature. Yes, we've got this new nature, we've got the Holy Spirit, but we've still got this old nature of our flesh, and it's flesh and spirit, and they really struggle against each other continuously. Our flesh struggles with the spirit. Here's what it says in Galatians 5. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. Another place it says, that translation says, you don't do the things you intended to do. And so we all know what it's like to have this struggle. So we have the spirit, we walk in the spirit, we are sealed in the spirit, but we have a struggle in the spirit as well. And we all know what that's like. When we, when we live our lives, it's so easy to allow our, the flesh part of us to take over, isn't it? It's so easy just to, to sort of feed that old nature and allow it to get stronger. It's so easy for us to, to forget that we have the spirit in us and that he wants to fill us with his love. I, I just really felt that 
you know, we, we looked at that picture of the tree and it just reminded me of the tree that's spoken about in Psalm 1. Here's what it says. Oh, the joys of those who delight themselves in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. That's the light that we have, the choice that we have in the spirit. That we can actually, if we allow our spirits to be watered, if we allow ourselves to be planted beside the river of his goodness, and, and instead of living in our flesh, we have this choice to live in the spirit. And we can, we can actually overcome this struggle. But you know, this struggle is real. And we can, I think it was um, Lauren who, who spoke earlier about how we can quench the spirit. How we, can, how we can quench the spirit, how we can resist the Holy Spirit. We're told about that in uh, Acts chapter, Acts chapter um, 7. Our struggles mean that we can not only uh, resist him or grieve him, but we can even quench the spirit. And so we can be living in our old nature and not allowing the spirit to have his way. Isn't that amazing that God allows us to do that? He gives us the choice. But we have the choice to live this abundant life. We can do this with him. We can't do it in our own strength. And so, you know, we experience this, but the apostle Paul also experienced it. Paul, Paul understood what this struggle was like. And here's what he wrote in, in Romans chapter seven. He said, so I find there's a law at work. Although I want to do good, evil's right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. Here's what he said. He was so desperate. He felt the power of this old nature. He felt it so strongly. He said, what a wretched man I am. He says, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Paul understood what it was to just feel defeated. He understood what it was to feel that he was being overcome by this old nature. And then it's like he gets this flash of light. It's like, it's like the Holy Spirit gives him a, rev a revelation of the truth. And here's what he cries. What a wretched man I am. Who will, deliver, who will rescue me or deliver me from this body that is subject to death? And here's what he says. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. He suddenly, it's like, the, it's like the Holy Spirit's just put a shaft of light in there and he realizes, hey, I can be delivered. I can overcome through what Jesus has done on the cross. And he's saying, thanks be to God, it's through what Jesus has done for me. And it's in that point that Paul goes on to say then, therefore, he says, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set free from the law of, our, of, sin, of sin and death. I wanted just to, to draw your attention to two things here. There's two laws. There's the law of the old nature and there's the law of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of life. We carry these two laws. And the power of the spirit can break the old power of the, of the old nature, the old law. I wanted to just tell you this very quickly. Have you ever thought about how an airplane goes down the runway and how it's held on the run, runway with the law, the law of gravity holds it down? And this reminds me of my old sin nature. It's like the law of gravity. It holds me down to earth, earthiness. It holds me down to my flesh to do things all the wrong way. 
But at the point where the plane goes down the runway, you know what happens. Another law comes in, kicks into force. And instead of the law of gravity holding that plane on the ground, the law of aerodynamics takes over and the plane breaks free from the one that old law and it starts to soar and it goes up into the air. And that's a beautiful picture of what life in the spirit is like. It's as we go down the runway of life and we're in that rhythm that we've been taught about all this year from the beginning of the year, where the, the guys Dave and Phil uh, have been teaching us about, about the rhythm of the being, walking and living in the Holy Spirit, of enjoying God, of hearing God, of, of, of finding his presence in, in everything we do and, and sharing our lives with him, talking to him, reading his word, hearing from him. This is the beautiful rhythm that it's like going down that runway. And when we do it that way, do it God's way, it's like we don't have to think anymore about I must be good or I must do this or I must, I must not do that. We don't even have to think about that because we're so engrossed in the Holy Spirit that we just take off and we begin to soar, we begin to be like that eagle that rises up with wings as eagles. And so this is the life, this is the life of surrender that God wants us to experience. This is the life that Paul discovered. He discovered, yes, he was struggling. He, he, was, he felt so wretched and he was struggling, but suddenly he realized he got this insight that Jesus had broken the old law when he died on the cross and that through the, 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 the death and burial and resurrection, and it's like baptism, isn't it? Like the guys were baptized here last Sunday and as they rose out of that tank, they're a picture of, yes, I've died with Christ. And that's exactly, that's exactly what what Paul said in, in Galatians 2 and 20, he said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It no, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the new life. That's what baptism pictures. It pictures that we are now already dead with Christ. It pictures that even though we died with him, that we are risen with him, but we're now alive in him and his power can work through us and empower us to live this new life. What an amazing, what an amazing way for us to live. What an amazing way for life to enjoy with God in the spirit. So here's what Paul goes on to say. So I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Get it the right way around. Don't try to do it. Just get it the right way around. Walk by the Spirit. Enjoy the rhythm of walking with God in the Spirit, and then everything else will follow after that. Here's what Paul said. For I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. Stop trying to do it your own way. The Spirit leads from the moment of salvation. The Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit wants to take us right through. I'm getting it right here. Yeah. The Spirit leads from the moment of salvation. He wants to have his way. He wants us to surrender. He wants us to stop resisting him. Stop trying to think we can do it our own way. Let that old nature go. Let it die. We need to realize that we are dead in Christ but we're alive in him. Let him have his way. 
And from that moment of salvation, as we surrender to him, he takes us through the spiritual sur surgery of circumcision of the heart. It's a fulfillment of Genesis 17. It's the circumcision of the heart where the Holy Spirit is in us and we are not only sealed, but we are sharing life with the Spirit of God, the place of convergence where heaven meets earth. What a life to live. And here's what it says in Philippians 3, verse 3. We actually are the circumcision. We're the true circumcision. We're those who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus. And as we worship this morning, I just really felt as a team worship, there was like a boasting about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Let him be glorified. And this is what it says. We are the circumcision who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. That's that, if there's one thing that I'd love to leave with you this morning, it's that phrase, please, no confidence in the flesh. We can't do this life in our own flesh, only by the Spirit. And so we choose to live in the Spirit and not the flesh. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I wanted to read this to you. I found this somewhere through the week. I don't even know where I saw it, but I wrote it down. I die daily echoes Jesus' command to those who want to follow him. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, verse 23. The mention of a cross by a Jewish rabbi would have been shocking to first century Jews. The cross was a torture tool introduced by the Romans to terrorize those who would speak against Caesar. The cross was a public humiliation that always represented death. Always. So when Jesus said that in order to follow him, we must carry a cross, he meant that something must die before we can live. We must die to ourselves, our rights and our desire to be our own boss. We must die daily. And I just wrote beside this, this is a mystery. It sounds like this lifestyle would just make us miserable, but it's the upside down kingdom. This lifestyle makes us feel alive and empowered. It's the lifestyle that gives us purpose. It's the lifestyle that sets us free as we learn to live in the spirit and emulate Jesus. And as we do that, we begin to experience all these beautiful fruits of love and joy and patience and kindness and all of those things that we just love. And so as we come to near the end, life in the spirit, it turns out that we achieve Christ-likeness not by striving or self-conscious modeling on his life. We become like him by being absorbed in him. As we concentrate the core of our life in Jesus, as we contemplate his actions and meditate on his words, we, without being aware of it, are being changed into what we're focused upon. Quote by Marshall. What a way to live. This is the way of the spirit. And you know, there's more. We're going to hear in a week or two how we can actually experience not only walking and living in the Spirit, but being filled, continually filled by the Holy Spirit. I wanted to finish just with this last, this, just this last um, picture. The life of sharing. The wonder of God sharing his life with ours. What a privilege to be the place of convergence of the Holy Spirit.
And just as the band would come up, I'd just love to finish just by saying this. We're so privileged. We are so privileged that we can walk in the Spirit and that we can bear the fruit of the Spirit and even receive his gifts, that we can live a life that is supernatural, a life that is more than what we could ever live in the natural. Yesterday, uh, Jane and I went out to our garden. I know I was so, I was so pleased to hear Lauren talking about the garden because God really spoke to me in the garden yesterday. There's a cherry tree in my garden and uh, there's a lot of bushes had, had actually grown very thick around the trunk of the tree and we couldn't even get at the trunk of the tree. We had to cut back bushes to get to the trunk. But when we got to the tree, we could see that ivy had just circled it right from the trunk, right from the ground up. It was just like a snake of ivy. And the ivy wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, thin ivy. It was thick, almost like as thick as a branch of a tree. And it was right round the trunk and right round every branch of that tree. And the ivy was growing up through the tree. And actually, you could see the ivy over the top of it. It was an absolute miracle that there was any sort of blossom on the tree at all. It was almost choked. And as we, we had to take out a, a, a saw and we had to take the secateurs and we had to start cutting it and we had to start, uh, you know, pulling it off. It took us hours to set that tree free. And as I was thinking about that and as, as we were working at it yesterday, I just felt like the Lord said, that's what happens whenever you begin to live in your flesh. That's what happens when you, you stop trusting me. That's what happens when you try to do it on your own. Your old flesh nature just produced this, it's like ivy, it'll, it'll just choke you. And you, you find the strength being zapped out of you. And You know, it just pictured me how, how Jesus said he was the gardener and how he wants, to, he wants to set us free. He wants to take that stuff off us. And, you know, in the Old Testament, the picture was circumcision of cutting off the old nature. But I just believe in the, in the New Testament. I believe that Jesus does it by his love. I believe his love just melts that stuff. It melts our flesh life when we allow him to have his way. And, and that, old, that old ivy was choking that tree. But, you know, we sometimes think that, that the, the sin nature, the flesh nature, we sometimes think, oh, it's the big things that choke us. It's the big things that are pulling us down. But, you know, I just really felt, even this morning, I felt, you know, so often it's just anxiety. It's just not enjoying life. It's just trying to, to do struggle on in the little things without consulting God. It's trying to do it in our flesh. It's trying to live without God when all the time we have the Holy Spirit who's saying, would you let me do it my way? I know better than you. I know, I know how to set you free to live the life that I, I plan for you, that I have a plan for your life, that I have actually written and I have put in my book the things that I want for you and for you to do. Would you do it my way? I would love this morning that there would be a fresh revelation in all of our hearts that God has so much more for us. That he wants us to allow his love. You know, once we cut through those things, we had to pull them off. God can pull that stuff off you. He can set you free so that you can bear fruit and be beautiful. My, my, my cherry tree is looking beautiful this morning. There's still a few bits and pieces to go, but we're getting there. God wants to do a work in all our hearts. And my prayer is this morning that we would decide that we're going to surrender, surrender to the Holy Spirit and let him have his way. As I 
was just before I came out this morning, I was reminded of that old hymn, you know, when I survey the wondrous cross, the very end it says, such love, amazing, so divine, demands my heart, my soul, my all. He's looking, he's looking our all. He doesn't want part of us. He wants our all. And wouldn't it be great this morning if we could just have an encounter with him, even in these closing moments, even as we worship, that you would have an encounter of just saying, Lord, I want to surrender completely. I want to live my life in the spirit. In Jesus' name.
thank you that you love us completely Jesus we can't do this without you Father thank you that it's your love that helps to detangle the desires and the sin that can consume us at times Father thank you that you do that so gently and so lovingly and yeah we just invite you afresh this week to start the pruning to start that process, Father, of detangling whatever it is that can consume us at times. Father, you know our hearts. And we just invite you in as a gardener this week into our lives afresh. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us. And I pray just as we leave these four walls of church today that you will just go with us each day. That you will continue to speak to us that we will just yearn to be beside your presence each day, that we will just have an increased desire in our hearts to spend time with you, Abba, Father. Thank you for our time here this morning, Father. And we just pray all of these things in your precious name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk